0: WWLR91.5. This is Musician's Point, and I'm Matt Taylor. Joining us on the phone is John Flansburg, one of the driving forces in the band They Might Be Giants. John, how are you doing this morning?
1: I'm doing good. You know, I'm sorry about the delay. It's uh, snowing really hard here in the Catskills, and uh, we are... The communications infrastructure is not so strong around here that... uh, that we can hold up to a little bit of a light dusting of snow that easily.
0: Well, that's okay. We're glad to have you now. So, if you were to talk to a listener unfamiliar with They Might Be Giants' music, what would you give as a brief description of what the band is all about?
1: Well, when I jump into a taxi cab uh, with a guitar, I'm often asked by the taxi driver, like, what, you know, what kind of music do you make? And I usually say, oh, well, up until a couple of years ago, I always said... Um, it's kind of like the Beatles, but the the lyrics are more unusual. I feel like that's a pretty that's a pretty honest description.
0: Yeah, definitely. Of,
1: of the band just because I mean not that the the songs are as good as the Beatles songs, but but um the um I think the form of what we're doing is song-based and even though there's a lot of um experimentation in how we approach songs. There's something um, about the popular song, like the, the kind of the, the 60s-based popular song that is pretty identifiable. I mean, you know, there are rhyming words and there's verses and there's choruses and often there are bridges and intros. So there's a formal resemblance. But in more recent years, I've taken to telling people, telling taxi drivers and 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 people in airports and stuff that I am the uh I am the hired guitar player in Fountains of Wayne.
0: <laughs> That's great.
1: <laughs> and uh you know and they're like, "Oh really?" Like, you know, like, you know, I li- I like those guys, like, you know, um, you know, and they'll or you know, some people will be like, "You know, what's your, what's their big song?" I'll be like, "You know, Stacy's mom, you know, it's like, oh, I love that song. It's like, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't show up in the videos. Like they just, you know, I'm just, I'm just a ringer. <laughs>
0: yeah, just, and, uh, just studio musician kind of.
1: <laughs> yeah, and you know, what's funny is that it, it, it actually, you know, what people, you know, if you're working like a, you know, if you're, if you're working like, a, you know, moving bags in the airport, it's, I, I realize it's much easier to, to relate to the guy who's like the, the, the hired, the hired guy in a band, like. Yeah, they they um, I get a much better response. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, so I I'm, stick- I'm sticking with the fountains of Wayne story.
0: Well, uh, back to like you said that it was kind of it's kind of like the Beatles, but uh, with different lyrics. And I definitely agree with that because none, not almost none of your songs like sound the same. All you have many different like genres that you go on. Well, I wanted to ask you, uh, what is your writing process like? Do you write the lyrics or the music, or how does it? Well, work? It's,
1: I mean, we I, I think both. I I mean both John and I kind of approach things each song in its own way um or we try to I mean I, I think I think uh there's there's you know there's probably you know if I think if you had to like break it down there's there you could probably get it into a dozen categories of ways of approaching things and oh, some yes. of them are, are much more traditional than others like recently we did a song called uh, madam I challenge you to a duel yes and I was actually listening to I was either reading a description or listening to a podcast some sort of something about the history of dueling in the United States and you know I mean the the history of dueling is a really weird thing (laughs) <laughs> just because it's it's all about this notion of honor that yeah. uh, is really archaic. That like and I guess like you know men in the South had this really heightened notion of of personal honor and identity and uh, and just the the phrase struck me and and I guess you know that's like sort of just like a Tim Penn Alley way of approaching writing a song like you you you, ha- you suddenly you have what you think is the good title and that's enough to just drive the
0: Oh yeah, idea. writing all the lyrics and yeah, all that. Yeah.
1: So I mean so basically, you know, like I just thought I just thought of the phrase, Madam, I challenge you to a duel, and it had enough sort of you know, cognitive dissonance in it that it just like it boggled my mind. I mean I just thought like that's a really weird idea because you know, if you're if you're that if you're the kind of person who would Challenge anyone to a duel, you would never <laughs> ever challenge a woman to
0: exactly a duel. yeah <laughs> so
1: so um so that just seemed in- an interesting endeavor to me and and the thing I like about it uh, you know we have a whole set of songs that are kind of i don't know if you know this expression the unreli the unreliable narrator, so it's like the like Randy Newman is like the ultimate sort of the king of the yeah. unreliable narrator song, like you're writing a character song. And what's sort of revealed over the course of the song is that the the person singing the song is not really either being entirely honest or is not really um, like a trustworthy uh, narrator to the proceedings. Like they're 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 invested in their own agenda.
0: Yeah, and, you've got to be kind of cynical about them, kind of. <laughs> yeah, so it's
1: like a, it's like a it's a sort of you know it's a clever way to write a song just because it's like a different point of view it's like beyond just first person you know first person singular like you know dear diary
0: mm-hmm.
1: i i have so many feels today you know it's like <laughs> it's it's just a, it's just a diff, it's a more literary way of writing and uh the thing i like about a song like madam i challenge you to a duel is it actually even in the title you understand that it's coming from a character's point of view that it's not like our point of view
0: yeah exactly um,
1: and uh and and a lot of times we're not particularly good at explaining that kind of thing so um so anyway i mean that's that's one way we do stuff but john and i have you know we collaborate in various different ways um some of which are very fruitful like like with a recent song uh, off the dial a song project that just came out i guess it just came out last week um, hate the villanelle, the song, hate the, yeah, yeah. Hate the, hate the villanelle. You know, that's a, just that's a lyric that I put to you know. It actually is a villanelle, which is like a poetic form. It's like a sonnet, um, and I put that lyric, I put that lyric together, and then just sort of presented it to Linnell as like a finished mm-hmm. thing, and said like, you know, if, if you want to have at it with you know putting music to this, that would be a fun way to <laughs> do it in part because like just putting the lyric together was in in and of itself was like such a homework assignment because it's
0: yeah, exactly, that seems like the kind of thing that would be really, really hard to write because it just seems so different than everything else,
1: well, I mean, you don't want it to be too hard to write i I don't know I, <laughs> like I mean too too hard on the ear, i mean it does have it's not iambic pentameter, it's not yeah,
0: exactly did
1: it did it did you know so so um yeah, I mean. I, I feel like it's actually a pretty good villain now oh i <laughs> so, i agree i <laughs> you know i mean it, it has the right it 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 has the entire exact right number of syllables it all the rhymes are true are true rhymes they're not close rhymes, which is a big problem for me, like you know leaving off this is a highly this is a real songwriter y kind of interview. <laughs> yeah. um, the, i do this thing i do this thing where like you know, which drives some people crazy, which is well, I mean a lot of our songs don't rhyme at all, but um a lot of our songs will have like a plural and then a rhyming word that isn't a plural and if you're like a if you're from like a a Broadway background, that mm-hmm. is considered um a very tedious way to write that like you know you're sort of like doing a half baked job of rhyming like. Don't rhyme. It's better to to have not rhymed at all than to have close rhymed.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. Well, hey, I think that it I, I think that it works very well, and I I appreciate all the <laughs> uh, different ways you write a song you write songs because there's there shouldn't be just one way. Like you sit down, I'm going to write a song today. I think it should be more about where the inspiration comes from, and like you said, you were reading about duels, and it just comes from different places. So you shouldn't just say. I'm going to
1: write this music,
0: and then I'm going to write these lyrics. You know.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. I think if you want to write a lot of songs too, it helps to kind of go at it from different directions.
0: Exactly. Cool. So yeah. you said both those songs uh, you mentioned, uh, "Madam," I challenge you to a duel, and uh, "Hate the Villanelle," both part of a Dial a Song project. And uh, would you like to explain what the Dial a Song project is?
1: Sure. Um, basically, in 2015, every week we are releasing a new song um and uh it's you know it's their videos accompanying all the songs and they are going out into the world via you know a a, a website called dialsong.com that is it's actually a very elegant very simple uh um interface and all the songs are archived there as well so it's just it's uh it's just another version of the old uh you know they might be giants. He-Man songwriting contest that we have entered into. Um, it's uh, it's just a creative challenge that we gave ourselves to put out fifty-two songs, and um, it's been a lot of fun so far. Actually, you know, it's it, it has been, it has been hard to just like focus up and and get you know start sort of stockpiling these songs and have good songs for every week. Mm. Um, I I. I hope we can keep it together <laughs> uh, <laughs> you, know, I, I, you know I have to say like we're talking at a very crucial point in the project because um, we probably have we have everything mapped out kind of in stone till April or May right now.
0: Oh, yeah, and then after um, that you gotta
1: <laughs> keep, and after that and yeah. we have we have a lot of we we have well we have a lot of good, really good kids songs. Um, and we and we have a lot of of okay songs, but we've really front loaded what we're doing with the very best stuff that we're doing. I mean, I'm, pardon me if I'm being too honest here, but um, <laughs> you know, I think I think the hope is that right now we're going to really kick out some some killer tracks for the summer and the fall. I mean, part of the problem with the kids stuff is we can't lean on the kids stuff too heavily without kind of alienating people. Uh, who go for the adult stuff. I mean, the kids, some, it's not too, it's not too kiddified, um, the stuff that we're doing, but, uh, it's, it's, it is kids. It is for kids. It's a little bit, a slightly lighter tone. Um, so anyway, this is sort of like a, a crucial moment for us. And, uh, I mean, I I don't know. I wouldn't want to do this project a different way. I wouldn't want to have to write a new song every week and just be staring at the blank page yeah, that on, would mo- get... on Monday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which you know, I mean, I'm friends with Jonathan Colton, and he did he did a song a week project, and that was the way he did it. I think I think that would be emotionally, that would be just like too gutting. Um, and and in times like this, I'm very grateful to be in a to be in a duo, um, yeah, you know uh, it's 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 much easier to do some to face something an idea like this when you kind of share the responsibility.
0: Yes, yeah, uh, speaking of that, uh, how did like the original Dial-a-Song get started? Because they might be giant started in the early '80s, and then uh, the Dial-a-Song came shortly after. Like, where did you come up with using an answering machine as like a medium to people could call in the number and and listen to a new song every
1: once in a while? yeah it was um well it was a very it was a very different time and um the just phone phone machines as an idea were were brand new so it was a it was a very novel um it was a very novel thing just in the, to hear a recording on a phone in the first place um
0: yeah, I was, it was no, very, I, I, I'm only 18 yeah. so I I never remembered those days. So
1: <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's um I mean it's 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 sort of like talking about um uh you know the telegraph or something. Like it's like it's it's uh, it's, so, uh, it's so familiar to us now. Um but it was it was a fad. It was it was a, very much a New York City fad and it was part of New York City life for a couple of years before it went anywhere else. I mean, I remember Talking to friends of mine in Boston, and you know nobody had phone machines in Boston at, yet, and whereas they were kind of becoming ubiquitous in New York, um, but uh, so we were. It was very early, relatively early on. I mean, in the, in the phone machine trend, and there was even an interval of time where m- people were getting phone machines in New York, where it, technically having a phone machine was against the law. Really? A really, yeah, yeah, because because your phone, your phone was owned by the AT and T. Like you know the way you like to, you pick up a pillow or a mattress and it's got a tag on it because yes. like you, you can't <laughs> resell this. Um, there was this thing about phones. If you looked at the bottom of AT and T phones, that it said like this is the like this the phone was actually being like leased to you by AT and T, and the reason. Yeah, and the re- the reason that it was leased by AT&T that you didn't actually own your physical phone was a way for them to control the the use of the equipment. So they they were actually saying like you can't fiddle with this equipment because they didn't want they didn't want people meddling with like the structure of AT&T's phone network. Yeah, a- and the thing about the the uh, phone machines is that you actually I mean this is so long ago it's like ridiculous. The whole idea of a removable plug on a telephone mm-hmm. was a very early 80s, late 70s, early 80s idea. Like, phones were hardwired into the wall. Yeah, yeah. And and so it was like, you know, it was like having a phone in your house was like having a phone booth. You know, it was, just like, it was like freaking nailed into the wall there. <laughs> and uh, so to attach a phone machine to your phone... Some the original ones were actually these physical contraptions that would you would cradle the receiver in the in like a box, and when the phone rang, it would mechanically op- open up the line and and physically answer the phone like un you know unhitch the the little uh, the hook of the phone, and then record what was coming through the receiver. Because you couldn't actually get between the phone and the phone line, and it was only in the early '80s that that access was a, really became available. And even that, I, I I knew a guy, I knew a guy who was an illustrator for the Village Voice, who actually got into trouble, who actually had the phone company harass him about his phone machine. <laughs> that and was really their was like, top priority. <laughs> Well, it was right before AT and T was, um, you know, the monopoly on AT and T was was uh, let go. Like there was when, like when, like Sprint and MCI and all those other companies challenged AT and T's long distance authority, and then like their local carrier authority. So it's like the a lot of changes were just about to happen with the phone system. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, he he basically like had like a nuisance. It would be like it would be like knowing somebody who got sued for Napster, you know. Like I never I never I never knew anybody who got sued, sued for using Napster, but I would imagine it would be insane. Um, <laughs> Lars Ulrich from
0: what... Metallica will get on you for that.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah.
0: Exactly. Cool. Well, so why did you decide to revive a Song this year? Like did you just come up with It's been it was gone since like 2008, correct?
1: Yeah, I mean, it was always just a phone line. And I think, I mean, from the time that we stopped doing it, I was trying to figure out, I was trying to think about, like, if we were to relaunch it, how it would work or what it would be. And I guess the thing about doing the song, putting out a song every week, it seemed like a more natural, it seemed like a manageable creative challenge. and And also... Doing it for a year seemed like a manageable creative challenge. I wouldn't want to just say like...
0: Let's do it indefinitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, because I, I know by the end of 2015, we're just going to be like so punch drunk. Burnt and, out, and yeah. <laughs> cr- yeah, cross-eyed about the whole thing that like, we're going to need a little bit of a break. <laughs> so I think like, it's a little bit like running a marathon. It's a, different, it's a very different thing now than it was originally. I mean, the original Dial-A-Song, it's interesting because people projected on what Dial-A-Song was without ever we never we never said like we're doing writing a new song every day Mm -hmm. we never said that at all ever but um but there was a notion that that's what we were doing like people just immediately projected that notion on the enterprise and i guess we didn't do a lot we didn't go out of our way to dissuade them of the idea that we were writing a new song every day but but from relatively early on we were we had we had a, a rotation of like a couple dozen songs that were all pre-recorded on cassette so it did change every day
0: oh yeah but
1: it it wasn't a diff- if you called back a month later you you could very easily hear the same song and in some cases you know some of the songs were in rotation for a very long time i mean i think i think um I think the song "Birdhouse in Your Soul" was mm-hmm. was actually on Dial Song for a couple of years before before it ever. And it was like a lot of our demos. It was extremely in miniature. Like it, I think it was really just like a essentially like the intro of the song and then a chorus.
0: Didn't you only have a time limit too? Like uh, didn't the answering machines only do a certain amount of time too? Well.
1: Um, well, that we actually picked the machine that had an unlimited outgoing message, <laughs> awesome. Awesome. and you actually, but the way there was this weird physical challenge to it, which is you you press a button that left that left the tone the mm-hmm. that was, that signaled the machine to return. So you were in charge of kind of determining how long the message could be. The problem with that was if we sang any sustained notes in the song. Oh the record a call phone machine would interpret that as the signal that this message was ending
0: Huh, so then so, you had you had to be kind of choppy you know like you have to end wor- uh words really quick and stuff to prevent that
1: we actually did a thing that was sort of like you know like when DJs DJs will be like mixing like a acapella vocal track and it'll be like like i love you uh, 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 oh, <laughs> like that we would do that. We would actually, as we were mixing the song for the dial song, we would we would like sort of pop in to cut the long sustained notes, That's which cool. was nuts. I mean, like it had nothing to do with music, um, but it was it really was important that the phone. I mean, it just didn't work any other way, so huh. we were kind of stuck. <laughs>
0: That's awesome. But uh, yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of that, are you resurrecting any previous dial songs from back in the day? like releasing them as bonus tracks and yeah
1: we have a um you can you can actually subscribe to uh dial a song direct and get all the stuff all the songs just like right into your mailbox um every week and um you know we would love we would encourage everybody hearing this to you know to do that because that's definitely that's how we how we pay our rent um (laughs) but uh um so there is a way to subscribe and get copies of all the songs as they come out, and those those people who subscribe to Dial Song Direct actually get the songs before they're anywhere else. Um, but uh, one of the other side benefits of that project is uh, every couple of weeks we will also add like a bonus track of like either a really uh, an original Dial Song song, like a in sort of like basically they're sort of songs in demo form. Or just like a, a a rarities track, like something that we did for a different project, or uh, something that kind of slipped between the cracks, so there's a lot of uh there's a lot of material that um, people might not be familiar with if they're not tracking the band really closely that's actually really interesting stuff I mean like um like a couple of weeks ago on the dial song Direct, we released one of the tracks we did a song we did a video for the song Tesla and they're actually Ten different videos playing in, in in it was like this embedded YouTube project where it was it was all it was essentially like a gigantic remix project, and a couple of the tracks that in the, in the thing were created for the th- the project, and none of the those none of those tracks have been available up until now, even though people really dug them. So we we put those out um, as bonus tracks, and then this week there's a the demo of the song Spy that was on the, the original Dallas song as a bonus track. So there's a lot of stuff that's kind of getting layered in. But, you know, um, I mean, right now we just really are trying to get people to check out these new songs. That's like that, you know, that's our that's our big yeah. project for And it's a
0: great way of getting uh, getting people involved using every avenue you have. John Flansburg from They Might Be Giants is on the phone. I saw that you have a residency in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, New York, every month in 2015. Yeah, you have a. Will you guys have a different set each time?
1: Yeah, yeah, we're doing all these sort of specialty shows. Um, uh, a lot of them we're playing full albums. Um, they're all. They're all. Uh, I mean, all but one, which we're we're doing a show with Colton next month. Mm-hmm. But um, all of them, typically, they're uh, they're evenings with, um, and uh, so they're longer shows. Like they're we play for like two hours. So we can actually play like a whole complete album, and then a whole bunch of the new dial song songs, and um, so it's it's uh, it's a lot of fun. I mean, the shows are all selling out, so it's really uh, you know it's 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 always very easy and exciting to just you know to to you know do a bunch of sold-out shows, um, and we and we we like we like having the excuse of you know just like getting to stay at at home. You know, it's it's like. A, it's a lot easier doing a local show for us than being on the road for a yeah, on end.
0: Yeah, and also the super fans can uh, go to every single show and not have to, you know, think that they're going to see the same show every time, which is really cool, too.
1: We love the super fans.
0: <laughs> yeah, cool. Well, um, I have one more question for you, and then we have to sure. uh, head out. Uh, what's the best part of waking up in the morning and saying, damn, I'm John Flansburg?
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh,. I think, uh, you know, I love, I love, I love my, I love my wife. <laughs> <You know? laughs>
0: Good answer.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it makes things a lot easier. You know, it's, it's, uh, you know, you real, it, life is, is complicated and it's, it's, it's great to have a family, so
0: awesome cool yeah. well john this has been john flansberg on a uh, musician's point wwlr 91.5 you can check out uh they might be giants dial a song by either calling their number at uh, a toll-free number at 1-844-387-6962 or dial a song.com and also check out their shows in williamsburg brooklyn new york every month in 2015 thank you for joining us john
1: thank you matt appreciate it I'm a-